ladies and gentlemen, to season four, episode ten. That's right, ten episodes of Unsportsmanlike Conduct. I'm Mitch Fosberg, joined virtually by Mr. Christian Brewer. Christian, first time we do virtual. How are we doing? Not too bad, brother. I'm doing all right, surviving. This is going to be a special episode um, because the listeners are going to get the live reaction of whatever the heck happens in this Michigan game. So um, this will be one to remember. This will be one to remember. That's right. As we are recording this right now, it is around 8 o'clock on Monday night uh, on March 22nd. So, yeah, we'll get live reaction to this Michigan game. Um, But, hey, let's talk about 20 real quick. Um, How's your bracket looking? Uh, You know, I experienced a little bit of everything yesterday uh, because I did pick Loyola Chicago over Illinois. I felt good about that, but I also had Oklahoma State going to the national title game, and they lost. So, um, yeah, just the ebbs and flows uh, of it all, really, and that's what I was going through yesterday. Yeah, so I mentioned last week. You mentioned all these great upsets. I mentioned like Grand Canyon and you know USC, University of California, Santa Barbara. Some of those games went down the wire. I will give myself that. Yes, but a lot of them backfired so fast it wasn't even. Honey, <laughs> like, man, yeah. like, Col- like Colgate, would have- Colgate hung it tight with Arkansas. It's just, you know, you have about 19 turnovers against the team of Arkansas's caliber. You're not going to win. Although, Abilene Christian, North Texas, they saved me. What can I say? That was electric. That was electric. However, I will say this, though, as of right now, for recording this. All four of my Final Four teams are intact. Shout out to my you. Final four- my Final Four teams of Gonzaga, Baylor, Houston and Michigan, we'll see how this goes, are still alive in it. As of right now, the big bracket pool, you and I are in with about 22 of my other friends. Um, I'm a dead last right now, but the, we're talking about a week or two. Bracket. I, still, I still got a chance to climb up. I mean, yeah, it's rough right now because a lot of first round upsets didn't pan out, and I got five of my lead eight left. But, hey, you know, I still got a fighting shot this song done. Uh, as long as those four hold strong, Um I won't look too big like an idiot, but just as we wrap up the first two rounds, uh, I think of the answer is, but what game shocked you the most? Um, so the Abilene Christian game was up there uh, just because I had Texas going a ways. Um, Oregon State has really kind of blown me away, to be honest with you. I didn't think much of them just because, like, they they were that prototypical team where they just got hot for a week and – you thought maybe they'd win a game. I personally didn't have them winning a game. So, um, yeah, I was unfortunate to see them win it. But then again, that's a surprise team. Uh, and then Oral Roberts. Uh, we weren't going to go this whole time without talking about them. Uh, going to the Sweet 16, and they'll be playing the next time we chat probably, uh, which is pretty cool. You know, it stinks for me because, like, I had two I had two 15 seeds beating two seeds. Where my math? And none of them were the Oral Roberts matchup. But looking back at it, the way that those stats like lined up, it's like that would have reworked it a certain way. That would have been a game I would have had, but I didn't. I digress. I had Ohio State in the Elite Eight, but you know, so be it. Um, yeah, it was a fun tournament to watch so far. Um, it's great to see Ohio get a win over Virginia too. That's awesome. Very awesome. But also, quick shout out women's tournament. Um, one of my best friends, Mr. Travis Zabrowski, is an athletic trainer. He graduated here from CMU in May of 2020. 
He's the uh, athletic trainer for Belmont women's basketball. who got a big win over yes. Gonzaga for their this coaching staff. This coaching staff. This is, they've been in that tournament the past four years. This is their first win. Big win for the Brewers. Congratulations to Belmont. Big win for them. But you, uh, yeah, fun. Did you fill out a women's tournament bracket? I did, and it's awful. Just absolutely awful. <laughs> hey, I was almost perfect yesterday. Um, the one game I picked wrong was Central Michigan. Uh, you see, I, I see. I had CMU and um, Belmont in the Sweet 16. Oh, hey. So, there you go. Yeah, but I also, I also had UConn. I, I had UConn winning the title game like 102 to six, I think, just for like some random tiebreaker. But I love UConn. I love watching them play. Yep. All right, but hey, you know. Um, so what final four teams still left in tech? All four minor, and obviously you have Gonzaga left. But who else you got? Yeah. So I, for on my primary bracket. Uh, I have Gonzaga and um, Baylor left. Uh, and then on the one I submitted into yours, I think I have Gonzaga, Michigan, and Baylor, I believe. Uh, I'm going to double-check that now. But, yes, I, I know I have three out of four left. Uh, yeah, so for some reason – oh, no, Gonzaga, Alabama, and Baylor are the three years. And I'm seven, I'm in seventh place in that, by the way. Yes, for now. But anyway, <laughs> all right. But, but, all right, but hey, it's tenth episode, right? So we gotta do something special, right? Oh, for sure. That Carson Wentz trade tree was kind of fun, right? Yes. It's kind of cool to see a trade breakdown, right? Mm-hmm. So I bring it back. I brought back the trade tree this week, but this trade is gonna be really special, ladies and gentlemen. Mitch's Corner is proud to present the trade tree. Of Robert Griffin the third. Are you ready, Christian? Yes, sir. So let's flash back to 2012. Indianapolis Colts are picking one. Obviously, no more Peyton Manning. Andrew Luck's a top prospect with shadow of a doubt. Probably the most, you know, can't miss prospect. I don't think there's ever been a can't miss prospect at quarterback. Since him, since probably Trevor Lawrence this year. However, the St. Louis Rams, yes, St. Louis Rams, were sitting at number two. They had Sam Bradford trying to duct tape his knee back together. But they didn't like, they wasn't comfortable, they weren't comfortable too, because also sitting at two was Robert Griffin III, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, All American, all that jazz, broke a lot of records. So, the Rams found a trading partner to move out to, and that would have been at the time the Washington Redskins. So, the trade is as follows. Washington acquired the second overall pick in the 2012 NFL Draft in exchange for a first-round pick in 2012, a first-round pick in 2013, a first-round pick in 2014, and a second-round pick in tw- – sorry, yeah, a second-round pick in 2012. So – Let's start with Washington's side of the trade tree. Obviously, Robert Griffin III, his last year at Baylor, the one that put him over the top, completed almost seven, completed over 72% of his passes, threw for over 4,000 yards, threw 37 touchdowns and six interceptions. I'm not even talking about his rushing stats right here. One Heisman Trophy. By the time his career was all said and done for single game, single season, and career of records, Robert Griffin III broke not one, not two, but 54 Baylor records for quarterbacks. 
So, obviously, Washington takes him at two, thinking this could be the turnaround the franchise, right? Well, he got off to a great start, but his right knee, he tore out from Baylor about his junior year, sophomore year, somewhere in there. Started to get injured again. About toward the end of the season, something got flared up, aggravated. They rested him. The wild card game against Seattle, which I will talk about later episode. Um, that fourth quarter, I think beyond what happened, his knee just went absolute sideways of way the way a knee should not bend. I still watch that, and my stomach gets upset every time I watch it. Uh, replaced by Kirk Cousins, just couldn't find his groove again after that knee injury. Uh, he was released from the Red- from Washington a couple years later. Spent two years in Cleveland. Spent the past couple years being a back in Baltimore. I personally won't call the bust because it wasn't a lack of talent. It was just injuries caught up. That's why I view RG3. Not a bust, just injuries just ruined the guy, derailed the guy's career. That, it's, not, it's, not like a, it's like a Demarcus Russell, Demarcus Russell or Ryan Lee for it's like their attitude like killed them. This was an injury. So for me, RG3 is not a bust. But we need to talk about the pieces the Rams got back because, man, that's still a haul. That's actually still being, that's still being uh, pieced together today, ironically enough. So the first first-round pick in 2012 wound up being sixth overall pick. They traded that pick to the Dallas Cowboys. In exchange, they got picks. They got first round that year's draft, pick 14, and a second round pick in that draft, which will be a pick 45. The Cowboys used to pick um, Morris Claiborne, good good DB for them for five years. So be it. With the 14th overall pick, the not then St. Louis Rams select Michael Brockers, defense alignment out of LSU. A staple of that. Rams defensive line for the past about eight, nine years now. Very, really, really, really good production for him. Uh, 395 tackles, 40 of them for loss, and 28 sacks. It's been in the league. But this trade tree, this part of the this branch of the tree is not done yet because recently he got traded. He actually got dealt to the Detroit Lions for a seventh-round pick in 2023. So we can't totally complete this, complete this trade tree in two years, which is kind of funny. The 45th overall pick was actually, shocker, it got traded. They traded that pick to the Chicago Bears in exchange for picks 50 and 150. Uh, the Bears used that 45th overall pick on Alshon Jeffrey, which, oh, by the way, just before I forget this, uh, for Rams fans, had the Rams kept that pick at 47, the Seattle Seahawks looked at Bobby Wagner. So, yeah. Remember that name just for later on, okay? So Bobby Wagner goes to Seattle. Now what? Pick 50. The St. Louis Rams select Isaiah Peed, running back Cincinnati. One of the top prospects to come out of the class. Unfortunately, the 2012 class is not remembered for its running backs. I think the best running back to come out of that class, the two best were Doug Martin and Alfred Morris. Other than that, not a big running back to come out of that class. His career record, his career stats. <clears throat> 27 carries for 100 yards, no touchdowns, 15 catches, 100 yards. Didn't last long in St. Louis, so be it. With the 150th overall pick, the fifth-round pick they got to trade down, they selected Arcavius Watson, offensive guard out of South Carolina. He had problems in camp keeping his weight down. He came overweight a lot, not in good shape. Out the door in two years. So be it. Unfortunate for him. So before we get too far, um, let me let me talk about the 2012 second round pick, or else I'll totally forget. That pick wound up being 
from North Alabama, cornerback Norris Jenkins. Norris Jenkins, first three years in Florida. Great, he was part of the Oregon National Title team. Really good, really good defensive back. In April 2011, which I kind of low-key hope was actually April 20th, he got busted for possession of marijuana, booted from the Florida squad with North Alabama. He's just had a solid NFL career. Spent the last couple years in New Orleans, spent four years with the Rams, four years with the Giants, and he just signed recently with the Tennessee Titans. The dude's a productive defensive back in the NFL. Great pick on that part. So let's now go to the 2013 first overall pick. That would have been 22nd. And guess what he did with that pick? They traded it. Can you believe it? They traded it to the Atlanta Falcons for picks 30, 92, and 198. The Atlanta Falcons used that pick to select Desmond Trufant. Oh, by the way, Rams fans. <clears throat> About, no, in between 22 and 30, the Houston Texans took uh, DeAndre Hopkins. He's now in your division. Just got to throw that out there. Spencer. So, with pick 30, the St. Louis Rams select. Alec Ogletree, linebacker, Georgia. Not super flashy, not amazing, but just a good round-stuff female linebacker. How good? In five years. He accumulated 503 tackles and 67 starts. Pretty solid production, right? He's been a couple years with Giants. This past year with the Jets currently, you know, unfortunately, his body's going to hold up. He got released for the Jets. I believe it was the final cuts at some point this season. So, so be it for him. Uh, Ogletree, though, was traded, actually. He wound up being traded. They, they traded Alec Ogletree for, the two, for a 2018 fourth-round pick and 2018 sixth-round picks. So, the fourth-round pick turned into John Franklin Myers, defensive end, uh, Stephen F. Austin. Uh, and so far, since he's been playing 1819 and so far this year, 31 games, two starts. He didn't make the roster in 19. Now, the Jets was a long term honor for the Jets this year. He's only favorite guy to play with them, Madden. Not gonna lie, I go a big 34 storm defense. It's uh, can have a good pet, good speed rusher like that. But also, with the sixth round pick, they selected John Kelly, running back out of Tennessee. He's just been a practice squad guy. He has a couple of NFL games to his appearances. Uh, in eight games, he's 83 yards. He's been the Brown, Browns practice squad or, you know, futures contracts past couple years. A uh, six-round pick, you know, you can't expect a whole lot of that. But I digress. So with the pick 92 they got from the Falcons, the 2013 third-rounder, they selected Stedman Bailey, wide receiver at West Virginia. His senior season, 114 catches, 1,622 yards, and 25 touchdowns. This has been his junior year. So the West Virginia squad had him and Tavon Austin. Kind of dirty. Kind of dirty. So his last year, he was first team all Big 12 first and all American. Uh, had a decent career going, but he had some substance abuse issues. But, you know, but, but kind of a sad one here. November. 14th, November 24th, 2015. It was him and his family sitting in the car. His cousin was in the driver's seat. He was riding shotgun. Two of family members in the back seat. Somebody drives by and shoots up the car. Uh, Stedman suffered two gunshots to the head. Fortunately, he made it out. His cousin also had, had life-threatening injuries. So he hasn't been playing since 2016. 
the last I knew, he was with West Virginia staff in 16. That's all I know at this point. Obviously, a very, very, um, very sad way to end NFL career. The 2013 sixth rounder that got picked 188. That got packaged with pick 184 that was owned by the Rams to trade up to 160. And with that pick, the St. Louis Rams selected a man that helped me get to a fantasy football final, Zach Stacy, running back Vanderbilt. He started to take over a little bit his first year. He finished his rookie year with 973 yards and seven touchdowns at back-to-back 20-year games at one point in his career. Uh, second year kind of dropped off, and after that, um, he requested a trade after the Rams selected Todd Gurley in the top ten. So he wound up being dealt. I just want to be cut. My apologies. The Jets, and then uh, he eventually retired because uh, his injuries were mounting up, and he wanted to care for his brother who was dealing with Down syndrome. So, great one year for him. Obviously, he retired, in my opinion, for the right reasons. So, yeah, good for Zach Stacy uh, in 2014. The third, he wound up with the second overall pick. Let's go back to 2014 class for a second. There were some defensive studs in that class. Rams took one of them. The first overall pick, Jadavion Clowney. We knew that was going to happen, right? The second overall pick, the Rams selected Greg Robinson, offensive tackle of Auburn, the starting left tackle for the miracle Auburn team that reached the national championship game, but lost in the last minute to Florida State, who had about, I don't know, 25 NFL players in their team. Something weird, like something crazy like that. He also came into camp overweight. They struggled to put him in left tackle. When they signed, when they brought in Andrew Whitworth, they moved him to guard. It wasn't panning out that great. So they actually wound up trading him to the same team Michael Brockers got traded to. Greg Robinson got dealt to the Detroit Lions in exchange for. Make sure you got this right because my head ring is atrocious. Picks 254 and 256 in the 2018 NFL draft. Robinson didn't pan off so long in Detroit either, so be it. With pick 254, the Rams selected Justin Lawler, defensive end, SMU. Um, in 2018, uh, six tackles in six games. Foot injuries have plagued him in 19. He was in long-term IR for this year in 2020. Uh, the Rams, uh, for, and also with pick 256, they went on a packaging that would pick 197 to acquire picks 205 and 231. With pick 205, the Los Angeles now Rams acquired uh, with that pick Trevon Young, defensive end at Louisville. He's playing two games, and he's and as of 2020, he was on Cleveland's IR. Now I've noticed that Cleveland's taking a lot of these guys that can't pan out in this deal. So good for Cleveland, I guess. And then with pick 231, the Rams selected. Trevin Howard, I almost said that right. Trevin, Trevin is T R A V I N Howard, linebacker out of TCU, uh, practice squad player, 1919, IR in 2020. So, yeah. Also, the, I should also mention pick 194 was also in the play there in that deal. It was pick, I should pick 187, my apologies. That got dealt uh, in that trade, the got dealt to the Atlanta Falcons. And with the pick that they packaged to get um, uh, Waller, Young, and Howard, the Falcons walked out with Russell Gage. So, yeah, a lot of moving pieces to the trade tree. Not the most exciting one ever because, I mean, 
There's a whole lot, but let's talk about this for a second here. I mentioned Bobby Wagner could have been on the Rams radar, right? So, 2014 class, we're talking the Rams stuck up a guy. This guy managed to have Aaron Donald falls in them. But pick number two, they could have taken Khalil Mack. He went there at four to the Raiders. Could you imagine the Rams defense today? The pieces they have, but you add Aaron Donald. You have Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, and Bobby Wagner. Could have been doable. Could have been. So, yeah, that was that was the RG3 trade tree brought to you by whoever wants to sponsor us. We'll take offers, buddy. Okay. We'll take offers. All right, Chris, you talk for a minute. Uh, what's up in your corner this week? Well, I'm going to talk about March. I'm going to talk about uh, the, uh, the, the tournament, and I'm going to give you a pitch as to why this is the best tournament in recent memory. Um. I think I think it can be reasonably inferred that this is the most competitive tournament. Uh, you just look at the the variety of teams winning, um, but it's also the most competitive, and I think that a lot of teams are getting exposed, um, specifically in the Big Ten. I think that part of the reason why uh, so many of these Big Ten Big Ten teams are are having early exits is because they've spent the first however many months of the season beating the piss out of each other in conference play. And um, as a result, you know, you get to a game like this where you have some I, – I take a look at Oregon-Iowa, and I use that as a prime example. Iowa hasn't played defense at all, all year. Um, they've made their living on simply outscoring opponents. And today they ran into an offense that could hang with them in, in Oregon and – the Ducks rolled them. I think it was – I think it ended up being, what, 13-point win? Um, so, you, you you learn a lot about your team uh, at the end of the year. Obviously, we always talk about how it's not about how you start, it's how you finish. Um, and there's just so many different teams that are that are showing out and being competitive. And I think we sure have our – you know, we've obviously had our fair share of blowouts. I mean, Gonzaga's come out and asserted themselves – um, but at the end of the day, with the exception of them in Baylor, this field as a whole has been pretty competitive. And, you know, a lot of years the selection committee gets in trouble and they people go after them on Twitter, the Twitter Warriors. But I think they did a good job this year. And I think they, they created a lot of really good matchups. And as a result, we're seeing it play out and we're seeing some underdogs win. We're seeing some chalk and uh, – that's why this has been the best tournament in recent memory. And also it might just be because we didn't have one last year and we're all learning to appreciate what we had. I definitely agree with you with that. Now, looking back at it now, <clears throat> I think we all agreed the way the top eight was set, like the top the four onesies and four two seats. As we fl- reflect on it now, do you feel I'll throw these three these three teams at you? Ohio State, Iowa, and Purdue. I personally feel they were overseeded. Do you agree with that, or do you disagree? I can agree with that, uh, but at the end of the day, you look at their body of work, and the Big Ten was made out to be this this stalwart conference, and so I understand why they were seated the way they were. Uh, obviously, hindsight's always twenty twenty, um, and and I would agree that looking back, they were definitely overseated. But at the same time, you had like I understand the argument. I mean, the Big Ten, you look at it, and they had pretty much two to at least two teams in the top five, the entire, the entire way. Um, and at the end of the day, what we learned was that this is just a really flawed conference. Um, the physicality 
it's 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 a conference's banks. It's play a lot of teams have that physical style of play, and you get into some of these track meets and you can't keep up. You know, Oral Roberts had that one dude that Max Aismas who could score thirty and light it up. And for a team like Ohio State who who plays bully ball essentially, it's tough to hang. And um, I think that that's why some of these teams had their their early exits, especially Purdue. They were the bully ball of the conference. I agree with there now. Before moving on next time, I just want to add one thing uh, people that I already told you we come from Big Ten and all that stuff, but at the end of the day, confidence will trump competition. And I think this tournament is a perfect example of that because, like, yeah, the Big 12 has done great so far this tournament, right? Except for Texas, right? Yeah, except for Texas. I was banking on and Oklahoma State. <laughs> the Pac-12. We never gave them a lot of love, right? They've they've been unbelievable. And then we're talking about these Big Ten teams, like, oh, but 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 competition wise, they play so well. Yeah, but the teams that you can tell are coming in are the ones that are most confident. Would you agree with that? Oregon All State. Right. I, I just want to throw it out real quick to the fans. Just if you're listening, home oh, great listeners. If you listen to this, thank you so much. We appreciate your support. Uh, I just want to throw out there real quick because I feel that's something holds very true, especially for this. So let's move on to quick thoughts, shall we? Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. <clears throat> All right. What do you got for us here this week, Christian? Oh, uh, gambling. If you could give us the update on uh, March Madness, obviously, if you could give us the update from the Mitch's gambling cage. I did awful. Uh, Just absolutely awful. That's tough. I'm still waiting on some bets to come up. But, um, yeah, I had a mega parlay. Um, I saw that. I bet 12 – I put 12 cents on it, and it would have been like a $280,000 payout. But <laughs> once Liberty lost that tight game, it was over. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, hey, you know, that's kind of that's – kind of, that's why I call it gambling and not winning people's money. So, this yeah, is- not a good week for the gambling. I'm trying to get back to the NHL trend, see how that goes, but – yeah, um, gambling was absolute crapshoot this week. <laughs> yeah, you have to excuse me. LSU just is about to go up seven, it looks like, after this and one. So, uh, oh man, you're ahead of me then because I see a 47 45. This Roku's a little behind though. Yeah, uh, wait, did he convert? Yep, okay, all right, yep, awesome. Um, anyway, uh, my second thought for you, you know, what are we? Uh, you know, a week, maybe two weeks out from opening day. Um, what if, what if, I guess, what have you been able to take from this spring training? Uh, what are you learning and what's the excitement meter at for the season? Well, for any season, excitement meters at 10, just to have baseball last year, we got a uh, abbreviated 60 game schedule. Now we get a full slate. This season's going to be awesome. Um, I'm excited for my Tigers. I think, you know, I think it's a little bit, I meant it like last year, September when the, they beat Milwaukee in that series, I got the pipe run. It's like, okay. I can finally sort of get excited about this team again. And, yeah, I get it. They're not going to be anything spectacular. They're not going to be top three of the division. But, I mean, I think we're starting to see the very beginning of the upward slope. And, I mean, very beginning. Uh, Akil Badu, I think that's if I pronounced his name right. Yes. They, he has a real five guy for the Twins. And uh, I'm kind of excited to see what he does, you know. Very excited. I think this year all these guys are brought in just open competition. Like, hey, you can hang. See what you got next year. If not, there's a door. Yeah, good no luck. Kidding. No kidding. 
And then my, my third one, um, taking a look at, at what we have left in this NCAA tournament, besides Gonzaga and Baylor, the two obvious ones, give us a dark horse pick. Which one of these, which one of these lower seeded teams has the best chance to make the final four? That is a great question. I've got my answer. If I may. Well, you can go ahead if you want, Sam. It's it's UCLA. I think it's UCLA. I think that if Michigan goes down today, um, UCLA is playing so well right now. They've they've got it figured out. Um, like granted, they could go play Alabama and, and lose, but with the way this tournament's going, Alabama's probably gonna lose tonight. Uh, at cold takes exposed. Uh, but I think the Bruins. I think playing in that first four gives you an advantage that not many people think about. Um, and I, I certainly, if Michigan State would have beaten UCLA, I'd had them going to the final four. Uh, but I give me the Bruins uh, with a second uh, choice being Loyola Chicago. I think that they have a chance as well. So a big one for me because I actually watched a good amount of the game yesterday. And they're streaky. They are. But that 2-3 zone looks as good as it has in a while. Yes. I'm looking at I'm watching for Syracuse. Syracuse. Um, the one seat's knocked out. They're down to, it's down to Oregon State, Loyola, and the other Sweet 16 matchup. If they can find a way to knock off Houston, they have a fighting shot of being a real big dark horse in that final four. That's awesome. I, I, I love Jim Beheim. I love the Syracuse program. Um, you know, I'm really excited because, look, I'm officially on the Buddy, Buddy Beheim fan <laughs> wagon, okay? So I have to see obviously a second half he put up against West Virginia. Mountain Mama, uh, man, that's I. I just love watching players that can cha- that can just like they can just they can just take they can make a game just go upside down out of nowhere. I agree. And Buddy Beheim is that guy. Like, like the jerseys I have, you, you see my you see my sports jersey. He's like yes. my my favorite one's probably my Milwaukee Bucks Ray Allen. I I love Ray Allen. Why? Because he can change a game with just about four shots, and you're in a will or hurt. Buddy Beheim is the same way. Um, give me the give me the orange. I love Why it. not? Why not Syracuse, man? Why not get James Beijing by him one more Final Four until maybe he retires at the age of eighty? Who knows? Yeah. But all right, so that was quick thoughts brought to you again by uh, no sponsors. We have sponsorships up for grabs, folks. If you yeah. want your name on this podcast, um, hit me up at Real Mitch Feeberg. We can get something squared away here. But sure. we gotta finish up this uh, UC Minecraft 2.0, don't we? Yes, we do. And this one, this one's going to get personal for me because my team is picking a 24. So, Christian, are you ready? Yes, I am. All right, so pick 21. The new team for Carson Wentz, the Indianapolis Colts are on the clock. Christian, we got the Colts taken here. I have them taking Aziz Ojaleri, edge rusher from Georgia. Um, another pass rusher for this defensive line, and um, they're going to be well on their way to being a contender in the AFC South. All right, for me, I got a dark horse pick here. Oh, I like Some it. people are going to be like, oh, boy. But for me, if you – let me explain. It all makes sense. So, my pick here, Rondell Moore, wide receiver, oh. Purdue. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. This is the wide receiver people aren't talking about or sleeping on. 5'9", agile. Purdue's first four-star in about 30, 40 years. This dude is just explosive. Yes. This dude is just has insane athletic ability. And the Colts are need some wide receiver help with T.Y. Hilton basically gone at this point, right? I mean, they have what Michael Pittman left. Yeah, I think. I so. mean, 
So, but the receivers on the board, yeah, Terrence Marshall Jr. could be a good pick. But Michael Pittman, and you also bring in a guy that's explosive and athletic and can do so many things like Rondell Moore. If Paris Campbell is healthy too, because Free Greg was ecstatic when they took him second round a couple years ago. If you have Rondell Moore and Paris Campbell, uh, three way out set with uh, Michael Pittman Jr. But Carson Wentz, if he's back into form, like we think he could be, that AFC South will have their defenses just their heads are spinning. Yes, spinning. So for me, Roundell Moore, Purdue. I like that. So pick 22. We talk, we're talking about the AFC South. Let's tighten up with the Tennessee Titans. We got the Titans here taking, bud. I have been taking an offensive tackle from Oklahoma State, Tevin Jenkins. You and me both. Awesome. That's the first time I think our picks have lined up since 10. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, especially for me, too. Like, look, Isaiah Wilson, your first one pick last year. He just got cut. What it is. He got cut by Miami. It's unfortunate. He doesn't want to play football. I guess not, which is a shame. But, yeah, with the want back healthy, obviously Dennis Kelly got you, was very productive last season, the right tackle. But he also have King Henry trying to go for his third year of 2,000 yards rushing. I'll say it again. <clears throat> Third year running for 2,000-plus yards. Absolutely. Ludacris. Ludacris on a very spread offense-oriented uh, football field right now. Just get a good, just get a big old tackle like you tried last year. Obviously, last year flopped for him. I think Jenkins has his head on straight where I can tell. So, I go there. Uh, the New York Jets, they're, set, they're picked from Seattle, 23. We got the Jets taken. I have them taking Travis Etienne, running back from Clemson. Um, another talented young offensive piece. I think I had them taking him in, in my last one as well. So uh, weapons, you got your new quarterback in uh, with your first pick, and now you get a new running back. So I went here, Jalen Mayfield, out of the tackle on Michigan. Last year, you vested in Mackay Becton. Left tackle solidify. No matter what you do in second pick over there, I say it's Pitts, you say it's Wilson. Get a right tackle. Get, get, get your two tackles set. Build the, build the inside offensive lineup, and then all of a sudden you, get, you can get it back late third, second, third round here. You can get a little bit of a running game going here free to help this quarterback out. Just yeah. get just back in some monster. Mayfield's a big agile guy. Just let it find the tackle spot for no matter what happens. Get a running game going. If you have Darnold again, keep him upright. If you bring in Zach Wilson, you best keep better keep him upright. Yeah. Don't want to ruin him. So. Yep, I got Jalen uh, Mayfield, twenty-three. Now, number twenty-four. We yeah. might throw we, we, we might throw virtual fist over this one. You the probably Pittsburgh will. Steelers. Who do you got? Trade lightly. Um, I have them taking Greg Newsom, defensive back out of Northwestern. Um, I will just sit back, and you can go ahead and roast me for that pick if you would like. I'm just curious as to why 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 Newsom. But there's so many old fast tackles on the board too. Like what? Well, I knew I'm just I'm curious. I'm not mad. I'm just curious. You see logic. That's what. I just had them bolstering the secondary. I think uh, Joe Hayden is still there, isn't he? He's still there. See, I guess I'm just not as familiar with the Steelers. Um, defensive back was one of their needs, uh, according to. It's always a need for Pittsburgh. Keep back is always a need. Newsome there. I mean, obviously, I can see the argument for offensive line. Um, I guess it's just the way it worked out. All right. Okay, that's the first time I heard someone mention Newsom the Pittsburgh, so I was just a little surprised. But I'll be honest. So, look, look at Pittsburgh's defense. To it, 
Hayward. Probably going to go Isaiah Bugs D tackle, although Barmer wouldn't surprise me here. You have Devin Bush, probably Bob, Bob Spillane, back in middle linebacker, you Brian Miles, Killebrew, Austin. You still have TJ Watt, who's about to get just about three Brinks trucks worth of money here in about the next three months. Alex Highsmith looked real good outside linebacker place, but that's why they took him third round. Mika Fitzpatrick, a year, and once Watt, once Watt gets his three Brinks trucks, he's going to get his three Brinks trucks. Safety, maybe, but you can wait later. Joe Hayden, Cam Sutton, Justin Lane. We're still waiting to see him. I think this is going to be where he breaks, thir- breaks free. Offense. Yeah, Ben's there. Why was he was great? You're running game. Stunk beyond belief the past two years. So for me, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Najee Harris, running back, Alabama. They haven't, they never will take first round running back. So that's what was from Sharp Mendenhall. I'm still mad about him. Super Bowl 45. Unfortunately, his ACL just couldn't hold together. But Najee's just a big physical monster of a running back who has good hands on the backfield, can be a three down back for him. If you throw the rotation with him, Benny Snell, Jalen James is back one more year. And obviously, they could, obviously, Zach Banner's back. They'll have David Cash. They'll have Kevin Dotson. Figure out center, figure out left tackle. Second round, they probably get tackle. Center, I think we're still trying to work out. They'll pet on those trains, but for me, Najee Harris athlete doesn't come around very often. I know when you're bored, he's gone already. But for yeah. me, Najee Harris, running back, Alabama. So now that we got that out of the way, yes. Uh, pick 25, the Jacksonville Jaguars, their second pick from the Rams for the Jalen Ramsey deal. Who you got here? I have them taking Samuel Cosme, offensive tackle from Texas. Uh, protection. It's all about protection. You get a young guy, you got to wear protection. And for that reason, I have them taking an offensive tackle uh, to protect Trevor Lawrence. Did you just say you have to wear protection? I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, Trojan, if we, Trojan, if you are by chance are listening to this, sponsor. we would love to have you as a sponsor. Just go throw it out there. I would love it. Um, for me, I got uh, Trevon Morig, safety on TCU. Uh, they got a lot of ways to go with this. Um, yeah. I think 25 is the right place for safety to start to try and start to go. Um, the Jacksonville probably needs everything on defense. Let's be totally honest. Uh, young athletic safety would be real good for that defense. So, number 26, the Cleveland Browns. What do you got Cleveland doing? Cleveland. I have the Browns selecting Quiddy Pay, edge rusher from Michigan. Right on. Uh, for me, I got them taking uh, – Nick Bolton, linebacker in Missouri. Look, D-line's good. Secondary, good, especially adding John Johnson. Oh, boy. Linebacking core outside of Taki Taki. Not good, good. Um, Bolton's probably the best linebacker on the board right now. Good athlete. Um, probably a couple of ways. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think they go O-line. I think they're set O-line-wise. If they do, they'll do it late. They don't need a running back. They don't need a wide out. Maybe a corner. Maybe D-line, but it's somewhere on defense, I feel, first round for them. So, for me, it's Nick Boltwell on Mizzou. So, pick 27, the Baltimore Ravens. I have, Baltimore taking, here, bud. I have them taking an edge rusher as well. Uh, Jalen Phillips out of Miami. All I right. think, you know, pressure on the quarterback, especially when you've got a couple of vulnerable quarterbacks in that division. Big Ben's old, Joe Burrow's young. You add some guys, some heat off the edge, you uh, – you could really make a cha- or make a stand with your defense. So for me, I look at Baltimore. 
that Olin has been the same since Marshall Yonda left. And by the sounds of it, Orlando Brown Jr. is on his way out. They need O-line help. So for me, it's Samuel Cosme, offensive tackle out Texas for those very reasons. Now, could it be an edge guy to try and replace Matthew Judon? Talk about later. Yeah, but they also signed Tyus Bowser to a decent long extension. So I don't know how that's going to go. But for me, it's O-line. Keep that running game alive if you're Baltimore. That's your bread and butter. Move people in the offensive line. Big holes for Lamar and J.K. Dobbins. So for me, it's Cosmo. Uh, pick 28, the New Orleans Saints. What do you got them taking here? Uh, Mac Jones. I, uh, I've got them taking the quarterback. I, you know, it's t- it was tough for me because I didn't have him going earlier. I thought that Russell Wilson was going to get traded to the Bears. Shame on me. We'll if talk had, about that later. Yeah, if I had to do it over again, I'd probably uh, have him slotted a little higher than 28. But at the same time, there's no way he's getting out of the first round, I don't think. And uh, he in, in my scenario here, he's still on the board. Sean Payton grabs him um, with the intent to give him a chance. I think that Taysom Hill, I think he just got his contract restructured or something along those lines. And so, obviously, he's not going to have to be the guy right away. But uh, Mac Jones is too talented. And, and um, it's crazy having me saying that I've been kind of the most anti-Mac Jones guy I know. But um, this is an opportunity for him. Uh, to go show it, and it's not a bad situation to start off, and especially for a guy like him who who thrives when he's got talent around him. So, Mac Jones. All right, for me, I have uh, Jace Horn, cornerback out of South Carolina. Norris Jenkins is gone. Marshall Lattimore and some of those other young corners are about someone. Someone's going to get a payday, and someone's going to get their walking papers. Right. Um, they're going to be willing to hurt next year trying to keep some talent. I think this draft can be crucial for them to try and bring in young talent. They could go all of his tackle up at the line here and be surprised. But he's fallen as far. Jace Horn, add one more young DB to that core, to that defense. I mean, it's not the worst D in the world, right? I mean, it's not worst. It's always bad. Like, first round, let's go the best defense player we can get our hands on. So, 29, Green Bay Packers. Who do you got the, you know, the cheese heads taking here? Uh, this is another one that might surprise you, but I have them taking Rashad Bateman, wide receiver out of Minnesota. Um, another weapon, man. Aaron Rodgers wanted weapons last year, and they took a backup quarterback. I think this time around um, they give him what he wants, maybe. I mean, I don't know if him and the, him and the organization are still on the rocks like they looked to be last semester. Um, maybe Green Bay's podcasting with somebody else, as they say. Uh, but I think in this situation they give him the talent around it that he wants. And uh, they go Rashad Bateman, who's a really talented wide receiver. He's a big-bodied dude, and I think he can cause some problems in the NFC North. Yeah, so I'm big for Green Bay here, same as Mock Draft 1.0. Asante Samuel Jr., Florida State. Again, Kevin King is gone. You need someone opposite of Jair Alexander. Yes, Jamal Williams is gone, but A.J. Dillon proved last year he's really filled a hole. Aaron Jones is back. We're going to have different punches ready to go. Devontae, punches, MVS, Lazard. Tanyan, Michael O-line here wouldn't surprise me. The defense has young pieces that are coming toward the end of their rookie deals. that are ready to explode for Sean Gary. took big steps last year. They still got the Smith brothers and Preston and Zedarius. You need some to go opposite Jai here. And like I mentioned, you know, it's not these Samuel Jr. Both both him and Patrick Patrick, Patrick, Patrick in the second. Yeah. First start of the day, not bad. Um, 
you know, they're guys that have been around the NFL for very long. They know how to prepare. They've seen it. They've been NFL atmospheres. And I don't think he would be overwhelmed by the pressure that he's going to have right there in Green Bay out of the gate because, let's face it, they're probably on the way back from their NFC title game. So, again, Asante Samuel Jr. is the pick here. Now, if somehow Rondale Moore slips to 29, I see that too. Because I mentioned Rodgers needs a weapon. And if Rondale Moore went up in Green Bay. Anyway, uh, pick 30, the Buffalo Bills. What do you got? Uh, I have them taking a corner. I have them taking Eric Stokes out of Georgia. Um, you know, you got guys like Josh Norman, but I think he's on a one-year contract maybe. And, um, I, you know, they've got – you know, they, obviously they have Tredavious White, um, but I think that having depth um, in that position, I think especially cheap depth and, and, and talented young depth I think is good especially when you've got a defense as good as theirs and it has the potential to keep that secondary good for a really long time. If you can go out and get a young guy at corner um, and he can learn from the veterans. Yeah. So for me here, Buffalo, I watched that team. Low line here wouldn't surprise me. Trade down wouldn't surprise me. The one area I thought they lacked in that just kept them out of that Kansas city AFC title game was pass rush. But good against the run pass rush needs work. So for me, I have Aziz Aljulari out of Georgia for those very reasons. Find a guy and get the quarterback. Easy enough. So we, we're still waiting for Ed Oliver's speed. This will be Oliver's third year in the league now. It's boomer bust. And a lot of people, Lions fans, are upset that they went TJ Hawkinson over Ed Oliver with Philip Knight. And I mean, look at it now. But mm-hmm. Buffalo, pass rush, enough said. So pick number 31, Kansas City Chiefs. Who do you got here? Offensive tackle Jalen Mayfield. Um, I think that it's a good move for them because they just cut both of their starting tackles, including Central Michigan great Eric Fisher. So, um, yeah, uh, they take Mayfield, and that's a chance for them to kind of reboot um, offensively with some young tackles. So I also have offensive tackle here, but I got Liam Eichenberg out of Notre Dame. Uh, to me, he's the best tackle available on the board right now. I mean, they brought in uh, Joe Tooney. Great. Uh, other couple, few spots still need some work. I think this year they'll see in the draft, especially they'll go O-line. Uh, but I think Eichenberg's kind of the first lineman domino for them to uh, kind of fall in this draft. So Eichenberg or Dame. And finally, the rating defending Super Bowl champs, the Tampa Bay Gronkineers. Who do you got Tampa taking here? And I guarantee you we're not going to be the same. No, we probably won't be. I have them taking Christian Barmore, interior defensive lineman from Alabama, uh, just because, you know, they, they obviously have a really good defense and they have a really good pass rush, but it's kind of similar with Buffalo, where if you can get young defensive depth, uh, you can keep that defense good for a really long time. So, Barmore. So, so, Barmore. Okay, so for me, I had trade down. They took a weapon at Coelho at eight. At 18, I had them take Quiddy Pay. We got trade here. We got trade. We got trade. The Miami Dolphins trade picks 36 and 123 to Tampa Bay for pick 32. And with that pick, they select Mr. Travis ATN, running back out of Clemson. Like I mentioned, they, they bring a lot of guys in free agency, right? They brought so many guys on. And holy smokes, a lot of guys have signed on Miami. It's a little insane. But like I mentioned, wide receiver at eight, pass rusher at 18, get a running back. Easy enough. 
Yeah, man. At this point, but and I'll be honest with you, once once Harris, once Najee Harris and Travis ATN go, I feel there's a bit of a drop off in town. Yeah. So for me, I feel the Dolphins, yeah, you're moving up four spots, but you're getting the guy you want. You're giving up a second rounder that's technically Houston's, and you're trading a fourth rounder. And the picks actually mesh up, match up for it. So because right now the uh, 36 pick is valued at 540 points. And pick 123 is valued at 49. And 32 is valued at 590. So you do the math there. It's pretty, it's like it's, it's one point off. You may throw in a seventh in there too to make it even. But well, yep, that concludes our UC mock trip version 2.0. Christian, you want to say something here? Looks like it. Nah, man. You look excited there, buddy. No. Michigan Are you is sure. Michigan is winning by three. And um, I'm nervous. I'm officially nervous. Color me nervous. Oh, man, he would go with that one. So, we talked about the draft, but agency is starting to pop off, isn't it? Yes. So, let's play a game. Let's call NFL agency. Love it or hate it. Are you ready? Yes, sir. So, I'm going to throw in some agency signings, and you're good. we're going to say if we love it or hate it. So, first of all, the one – we will discuss when he signed. We actually recorded the pod. J.J. Watt, two-year, $28 million deal with Arizona. Christian, love it or hate it? I mean, I love it, but I don't know if I love the contract. I think, obviously, it was going to take a lot of money to get him to come to Arizona. Uh, I don't know if he's necessarily worth all that money, but I'll say I love it just because I think it adds um, Arizona – to the to the official list of competitors in that division, and that division is going to be absolutely loaded. So I think it'll be fun to watch that play out. Yeah, I love it, and I understand your concerns for the contract, but when you remove Patrick Pierce's contract now and Kyler Murray's in year three of his rookie deal, and by the time by the time his fifth option rolls around, J.J. Watt will be up. I love it. Um, that's a big cornerstone on defense because you need to be able to get after the quarterback in the division. You're talking about guys now with Matthew Stafford, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Russell Wilson. He has someone to go opposite of Chandler Jones and to get a guy with his hand in the dirt every play. I think there's a very guy you can get your hands on, J.J. Watt, other than that you can't get within your division because obviously you want Aaron Donald, but there's a snowball chance in hell that's happening. Yeah. So, all right. So, another one that happened. Emmanuel Sanders, one year, $6 million with the Buffalo Bills. Oh, I absolutely love this. You saw what Josh Allen was able to do with Stephon Diggs. Now you've got another good receiver out there opposite him, man. If Buffalo wants to keep up with Kansas City, they're going to have to score a ton of points. And I think that now you've got a pretty dynamic one-two punch out there in Orchard Park, and I think it's going to be cool with uh, with Allen and those guys as well. Yeah, I love it too. That receiving core just excites me so much now uh, with him and Stephon, like you mentioned. Um yeah, six mil sounds about right, especially the way wilds are going, which we'll talk about a little more down the road here in a segment. But yeah, obviously John Brown had to be let go because of salary cap issues, and you bring in Manus Sanders for a year, so I love it. Um, the next pick, Andy Dalton, one year, ten million dollars to go with the Chicago Bears. I Christian, love it or hate it? I hate this. They cut Kyle Fuller. And it's because of cap problems. And it's like, okay, well, you had the money to sign the Red Rocket. 
I mean, I get not wanting to go into 20 to the next season without a quarterback, but I mean, you've got the assets to draft one. And instead you sign him. Gosh, I just don't like it, man. I do not like it. So I heard this comparison because there's a lot of rumors about they would throw anything they want, anything they could. They got the Bears get Russell Wilson. And the fans were thinking it's Russell Wilson to get Andy Dalton. The comparison I heard was like, you know, imagine being a kid and your dad promises you a vacation a week long to Hawaii and you instead end up spending a weekend at a state park. That's <laughs> kind of like how Bears fans feel. Like, yeah, I hate it, uh, especially – Nick Foles is still in the books there. Um, so yeah. you're now invested about, what, over $30 million in two veteran quarterbacks who aren't, who aren't exactly the most mobile either? Right. Who, honestly, now in this division, I, they're not, I think that's the worst. Either one of them would be the worst quarterback in the division, in my opinion. Right. I agree. At least, I mean, Foles is a Super Bowl, but Donald's in a playoff win. Cousins leads one a playoff game, has the worst dance moves of any quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, J- Jared Goff's won playoff games, and he's made a Super Bowl at least. Then Aaron Rodgers, enough said. Right. And like we like we mentioned, like the Bears could honestly go up and get a quarterback, which they could do. And then obviously, I mean, if you want Dalton and Foles there just to help, you know, atwire him a little bit. I mean, cool, we have two guys like that. But to invest over $30 million in two quarterbacks, like, especially twilight of their careers, guess guess how much sense to me that makes. Uh, zero. Zero. All right, so, Corey Lindsley, five-year, $56.5 million to the Los Angeles Chargers. Ooh. I'm on the fence with this one. Um, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna say I love it. I think Lindsley's solid, and I think it's good protection for Justin Herbert too. I think it's a worthy investment. So I I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say I love this one. Now, granted, I mean I don't think they're necessarily contenders, but then again, they're not spending. It's not like they're going out and throwing the Brinks truck at this guy. Uh, I'm gonna just go ahead and say I love it. So the acquisition, I love the contract. I hate. Yeah. I have a hard time. I have a hard time giving an opposite lineman in his early 30s five years. I just have a hard time with that. The money, yes, it's worth it. Probably the best center in the league this past year. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, it wouldn't surprise me if, like, if injury issues persist somehow, like, he's gone in three years. Yeah, that makes sense. But to me, I love it. It's a great fit. It's what they need. The, they, we talked about last week, you know, about them trying to repair the offensive line. Oh, this is a great start for them. Bringing in the best center in the NFL the past couple of years. So, play the acquisition. I love contract. I hate the money. No, the money value is right. He's worth all that money. Yeah. It's just for me, give my alignment in early 30s, five years. That's my bugaboo. So, the next deal Matthew Judon, Mr. Body Built by Taco Bell. Four year, $54.5 million to the New England Patriots, who are big spenders out of nowhere. Yes, Christian. they were. Love it or hate it? Well, I think it, I think I love it for one reason. As Brandon Johns misses a three, um, I think that Judon is a pass rusher, and it's one of those things where pass rushers are at a premium right now because of what Tampa Bay was able to do in the Super Bowl. Um, teams are starting to see the importance of putting heat on quarterbacks, and because even the great ones like Patrick Mahomes uh, can get rattled. So I think it's worth the money. 
Um, it'll, it remains to be seen whether or not he's going to produce up to the contract. As Shondi hits a three, <laughs> Michigan by eight. Let's go. Um, sorry, I got a little excited, but uh, no, I think Judon's absolutely worth the money. Um, great shout out Grand Valley State, by the way. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and say I love this signing. Yeah, as for the record, uh, one of my really good friends, Joe Hubbard, shout out to you, everybody. Uh, same high school, we've graduated seniors and from. Uh, Make sure I say this right. West Bloomfield. Almost said it wrong. Almost said West Bloomfield, like the road here in Mount Pleasant. <laughs> but, you know, I like it. I like it. I love it. Um, I love the addition they made. The contract, we'll see. I think four years and that price tag is right for him. Uh, New England was a big spender. We're big spenders here. And I don't blame them because if Buffalo kind of hits a little struggle bus here, if Josh Allen just can't match what they, he matched last season, um, that division's wide open again. Mm-hmm. I think Miami's still young, and ways like a year away from really playing the groove. Make sure the Bills, the Jets, the Jets are stuck in the base for another like two or three years, in my opinion. Nice. We'll see what happens with Newton. We'll see what they do at quarterback at the end of the day. But I love it. I'll say love it. Just good for Judon. Finally gets paid, gets a long term plan. In a really good organization. So I'm excited for him there. Um, next one, Bud Dupree. Five-year, $81.5 million, million with the Tennessee Titans. Christian, love it or hate it? I, I don't like this one. I don't – I mean, he he kind of got some love, I think, because he was playing off of – excuse me, T.J. Watt. Uh, I don't really think that he's – a I don't think he's a star. I really don't. I mean, maybe you can hot take or cold takes expose me for that, but I just haven't been as, as impressed with him as some other people have been. Uh, five years, 81 seems like a little much, but I do understand. Like it's a lot with a lot of these. I understand why they have to pay him as much as they do because um, you have to kind of overpay to get these guys to leave a little bit. So I understand it, but I don't necessarily love it. Yeah, I want to make this be undecided. Contract, not the biggest fan of personally, but here's your statement, but like you mentioned, yeah, a lot of it was kind of this production has been with Pitt because he was in Pittsburgh. Like, we've seen this in the past, especially in the past. Like, I think Joey Porter is a perfect example. You know, he was an all-pro caliber outside linebacker, pass rusher. He left Pittsburgh, and he just never became the same player. Lamar Woodley was kind of the same way. Um, there is a problem with that. I see with Pitt players, like, even wide receiver, running back, you've seen him when they leave the Pittsburgh system. It just hasn't been the same. Now, do I hope Bud breaks that mold and becomes a superstar? You bet your sweet bippy, I do. <laughs> but I think now the way it's the Titans defense is built, like they needed like a pass rusher. I think Bud can be that guy. I think now with uh, Jeffrey Simmons started to come to his own D line, you put uh, Dupree opposite of Harold Landry the third. Um, if Tennessee can generate a pass rush that's like middle, like middle of the league, that's gonna be a tight dogfight race between them and Indy for the AFC South again. But until that pass rush gets going again, um, Tennessee will not contend the AFC South, in my opinion. You look a little, uh, little panicky there, bud. You okay? No, uh, Franz Wagner just hit a running hook shot, it was incredible. We're up eight now. He just drove in the lane and hit this insane running hook. Craziness. He absolutely right, how much, to see it. How much time is left for you? Four, four fourteen. Because I'm at four fifty. Oh, so you it's coming right up. 
Cool. Perfect. All right. Uh, second last one here. Ryan Fitzpatrick. One year, 10 million with the Washington insert team name here. Love it or hate it. I love it because they're going to start out 4-0. <laughs> yeah, I'm just playing. I think it's a good move. Um, they're, uh, it's, it's, it, he's always going to be a good stopgap quarterback. He'll light it up for a week or two, maybe three or four. Um, it's a good move. $10 million, I don't know. Um, don't love the contract, but at the end of the day, it's just a year. And, you know, they'll get a young guy in there. I don't think it'll be first round, maybe second, third round. They'll go get in there. Maybe they trade back into the first. Um, but yeah, I do. I think it's a good move. Yeah. I love this mainly because I think the playoffs, they saw something on Taylor Heineke. They really like, I think they saw some, that's why he got that two year deal. The big reason, that big thing that like, two of them really like being around Fitzpatrick was they described him as ultimate big brother, the ultimate guy to help build a young quarterback up. And Honey gives a two-year, like, formula salary deal here. Like, having a guy like Fitzpatrick around him, it's going to be – because he's going to be really good or they're going to see next year that, hey, they realize, hey, look, we're at this organization with so much uncertainty – we we need to keep our assets. You know, probably trading up to get one of these top quarterbacks is not an option for Washington. But adding another piece, either offensive weapon or somewhere in the secondary, because that defense was actually right. That D line's rock solid. It's gonna be a problem for a couple of years, but they gotta find a way to add talent at what they got. I think Fitzpatrick having his hands molding and kind of mentoring up Taylor Heineke is gonna be awesome. Yes. And that NFC East gets very interesting real quick. But for me, um, I love it. I just love all about it. Now, I get it, the money, yeah. But here's something I mentioned sports fans, people listen to this too. When you talk about money, if it's there for one year, why do we give a rat's ass about money? It was going to be gone a year. If you have the money you spend for this season, great. But when we talk about two, three, four, five, eight, nine, 13 years, you all that money. Now you have a reason to panic. Now you have a reason to pump the brakes saying, whoa, that much money? I can probably start my contract again. But a one-year 10 mil, it's a one-year deal. So what? You could, you could pay the guy the rest of your cap space. Guess what? You're freed up the next season. It's just one year, folks. Now, the last one, and I want your take on this because I got my own take to this, but the New York football giants locked up wide receiver Kenny Galladay, four-year, $72 million contract. Christian, love it or hate it? I hate it. I mean, I love it because I'm a Lions fan and – they're going to pay him money. We'd never pay him. Um, I thought, you know, I've, I've changed my view on Galladay over the course of the offseason because I think that um, at the beginning of the offseason, I wanted us to pay him and bring him back. But at the end of the day, he didn't show us anything last year. Played in, what, four or five games? Um, and that's just not something you should do in a contract year. So I understand he's dealing with injuries, but I also think a little bit of it was upstairs. Um, and for that reason – I'm going to go ahead and say that I hate this deal for the Giants. So, for me, um, I hate this. I hate this uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I think the Giants are on the verge of something. I really think they are. Yeah. Giving, giving an injury point while this kind of money for this kind of turn scares living bejesus out of me. Because, A, Kenny Galladay, how many games did they play in this past year? Five. Five. Now, he's not the most healthy guy now. When he's healthy and productive, yes, he is a number one wideout. I agree. But 
You're paying a guy now. Here's how the receiver, the top, the top ten wide receivers right now. Guess on salary per year on average. All right. Number one, DeAndre Hopkins, twenty-seven point two five. Totally worth the price tag. Number two, Julio Jones, twenty-two million. Again, I'm talking about salaries, not cap hits here. Julio number two at twenty-two. Keenan Allen number three, twenty point oh two five mil. It's worth it for me. Yes, sir. Uh, Mari Cooper, twenty mil a year. Okay, I can make a, you can make argument for now with CD Lamb, but okay. Uh, Michael Thomas at nineteen point two five. When he's healthy, yes, we need to stop debating that. Now. Six through eight is tied. They're all making 18 mil right now. That would be Tyreek Hill, OBJ, and Kenny Galladay. Allen Robinson's at 17.98 mil, and Mike Evans is at 16.5. So, Christian, let me yep. ask you this. Does, is, does Kenny Galladay, has he earned the right to have the same salary as Tyreek Hill and Oldham Beckham Jr.? Not at all. Not at all. This is what scares me about the Giants. They're on something good here. If Daniel Jones, if they stay healthy and have Saquon Barkley back, they have one more, one or two alignment. That offense could be fine. That could be amazing, but it could be a middle, middle of the pack. It could be between like between the, like the 13 and 18th best in the NFL. They keep adding pieces of that defense and excitement. The Giants could just get this right because everyone's bought to Joe Judge. They got the, they got, they have something. I think I could have something going here. Giving an injury prone wideout who has a hard time creating separation. To pay him top 10 wide receiver money, it look, I like Kenny Galladay, but this is just a bonehead move from the Giants, and I just don't understand. Like, yeah, I get it. If he's healthy, if he's healthy, I'm gonna get shut right up. I know it, but he hasn't really proven he could be healthy entirely. That's the part that scares me. Like, you're about to have a guy that's gonna make this much money. Which, oh, by the way, Saquon Barkley's contract is coming up to an end here, too. He's got one year left in this rookie deal, and he got his size fifth-year option. Just going to say it. You don't want to lose him, do you? I don't think so. This, If this does not pan out, they're handcuffed, and this little squad they're building right now is ruined. Absolutely this is ruined. True. This, is it's true. Making, this, is, this is just the Giants taking a massive gamble in offense to get a top-tier weapon. Because, look, Southern Shepard, he, he can't stay healthy. Golden Tate, move. Yeah, I got cut. Darius Slayton started to his own. Dante Pettis, we'll see. Evan Ingram has some issues holding on the ball. I'm unfortunate for a tight end. But, yeah, I hate this for multitude of reasons, as I just explained. Um, but kind of like a Bud Dupree's, you know, we'll talk about this about two seasons. Then we'll decide, hey, was it good or was it bad? Yes, this is true. So that was NFL crazy. Love it or hate it. So, Christian. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure you're ready? Yes, sir. Positive. Mm-hmm. Final answer. Yes, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for my favorite segment of the week. It's Christian. Hey! So last week, I kind of got you a bit with 2011 World Series. Yes. I had to hear you a little bit. So this one's going to be all about they probably the last great Detroit basketball team you're able to watch. The 3 4 Detroit Pistons. Christian, don't say how old you were, okay? I know it. There's a big age gap between us. Let's move on with it. <laughs> All right. So, are you ready? Yes. All right. Question number one. After being swept by this team in the 2003 Easter Conference Finals, 
The Pistons, the Pistons got their revenge and beat them in six games in the 2004 Eastern Conference semifinals. What team was this? Eastern Conference semifinals would have been Miami. That's your final answer. Wait. Come on, kid. Re. Come on, kid. Would have been what? The uh, uh, New Jersey Nets. Is that your final answer? Yes. That is correct. Thank you. Thank you. Nice job. Nice job, kid. Now you get it. All right. Question number two. True or false? The Pistons beat the Indiana Pacers in seven games despite not scoring no more than 85 points in all seven games. Uh, True. That is correct. 85 was the most they scored in a game. So you got that right. Congratulations. You're two for two. Thank you. I, uh, I'm feeling really good right now. I say that. All right. So true or false? I'll, throw, I'll give you the statue here. True or false? The Pistons were the third team Rasheed Wallace played for in the 2003-2004 season. Name the team? No. True or false, the Pistons were the third team Rasheed Wallace played for mm-hmm. in the 2003-2004 season. False. They were second. That is incorrect. It was the third team. Shoot. So he started with the Portland Trailblazers and got dealt to the Atlanta Hawks. He played one game for Atlanta and oh. then went to Detroit. Oh, shoot. Okay. Oh, you're doing so good there for a minute, too. Shoot. All right. So, we all know. So, the bonus question. Are you ready? Yes. I think I'm going to stump you here. Nice. The bonus question is, the Pistons defeated the mighty Los Angeles Lakers in five games in the finals that year. That Lakers team featured four Hall of Famers, but one, one was voted in 20, but he's going to go in in August this year because of COVID. Name the four Hall of Famers. Dude, uh, Gary Payton, correct. Carl Malone, correct. Kobe Bryant and Shaq. Dang, out of boy, good for you. All Thank correct. you, man. All right, so hey, well, two for three, you got the bonus right, man. I, I think you get that bonus one, but hey, good for you. That's awesome. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, so our question of the week: <clears throat> What trade broke your heart into a million little pieces? Oh, easy. Easy. Uh, Curtis Granderson traded to the New York Yankees as part of a three-team deal that ultimately landed uh, Detroit two of their pieces in that World Series run, Max Scherzer and Austin Jackson. Granted, Detroit won that trade, but I was oh, they did. devastated because my boy Grandy Man was going to play for the Yankees and I wouldn't be able to go to Comerica with my grandpa and watch my favorite player play anymore at Comerica. Very sad. Um, I was only nine or ten at the time. I remember when his name was first popping up in trade rumors, and me being so young, I didn't even know. Like, I didn't know what a trade was. Um, I mean, I obviously knew that he wouldn't be playing for the team anymore, but like, I didn't understand the whole thing. Um, I didn't understand, like, okay, yeah, so and so is contract coming up. It's smart to trade him and get something for him. Um, so that was very hard on my young heart to watch the Grandy Man go bye bye. And um, I remember calling my grandpa and just sobbing. Um, and it was, it was terrible. It was terrible. Curtis, if you're listening, um, you, you were my favorite player. And um, you getting traded to the Yankees broke my little heart. 
So there's only one trade I actually cried over just about. I got tears on this one. My first NBA, first actual jersey I remember ever having. My birthday, my grandma got me a Chauncey Billups jersey. Oh, yeah. Okay. Chauncey was my boy. I, oh, um, a family friend gave me a little, like, Chauncey Billups figurine he got at the, uh, at the Palace one game. Yes, sir. I was a teenager. I was ready to, to go to dinner with my parents because my brother was away from friends that night. And I seen the trade. Chauncey Billups traded for Allen Iverson. And I dropped to my knees and I started sobbing. I am not going to lie. Like, that broke Teenage Mitch's heart. Like, Mr. Big Shot, you know, uh, man, it's all everything he does for the Infinite Shore, the way he played, how clutch he was in that 0-4 run. It's great as all around. And all because Joe Dumars wanted a star. Bitch, you had a star. All right? That's how I was be with Dumars. He's one of the worst GMs ever, in my opinion. But. That trade just broke my heart because we all know what happened with AI. And honestly, that move, that move was the start of the retool we're still dealing with today. Yep. Yep. I, I saw my Billups jersey all faded. I saw I got the figurine. It's a little broken now because just this is wearing tear. But yeah, for me, Chauncey Billups was the only trade so far that's made me cry a little bit. Yep, I uh, I don't remember as much about the NBA when I was real young, but I remember being a huge Tigers fan. That's a really good question. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's right. There. So, anything else you want to get off your chest before we uh, wrap this up? No, sir, but it's there's 31 seconds left in this game, and Michigan's winning by six. Um, I'm going to go ahead and declare this a win for not just Michigan, but for the Big Ten as well. Um, and if they lose this, it's going to be absolutely spectacular um, because, you, oh, gosh, this won't come out until probably Thursday. And um, if, if Michigan's out because they lost today, oh, it's going to be spectacular. This we is going to so be the most hilarious podcast only they can see in life history. But it's not going to happen. So. Not going to win right now. Uh, play Florida State in the Sweet 16 or Colorado. Beat them. We're going to the final four. After what I saw today, we're going to the final four. Thank you. Before we, before we sign off, I just got to say, uh, I did make a mistake last week. My brother corrected me on this. Thank you, Ethan. Uh, I mentioned last week that uh, we're talking the NOS. I mentioned Brendan Rodgers. I said he was out of Vanderbilt. Uh, that is incorrect. He was originally drafted out of high school. Oh, see, I didn't yeah. know that either. But out I also, of Florida. I confuse him for with, and Dansby Swanson, so – because I think yeah, they were picking together one, two, or something like that. Well, the thing is, though, I know Vanny's turned out a lot of good infielders, yeah. and he texted me that Saturday as I'm driving, driving around. He's like, uh, Yeah, um, Brendan Rogers, not a Vanny guy. I thought, Oregon State, maybe? Because I know there's one big set of Oregon State floating around the farm system right now for some team. But yeah, yeah Ethan, are you listening? Um, thank you. Uh, that's the one time making sports talk. You've corrected me in the past, like, Three months, so it's a big win for you. I hang on to that. Um, I'm still going to roast your ass in, your, in my best man speech. You're winning in August, so uh, get ready for that. <laughs> oh, they're going to dribble out the clock. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Things are, are looking not, up for me. We, we will not play Hail the Victors on this podcast. One, because I say no. And two, probably a copyright issue, not going to lie. No, nah, but we will – Tell Will Wade and his cheating self to shove it because Michigan wins over LSU. That's a whole other thing. 
victory is sweet, especially when the tears that are being cried are from cheaters like Will Wade. All right, right, all right, all right, all right, gamer, all right, gamer, just just (laughs) settle down, settle down, rest your chest, all right, just rest your chest, calm your tits, all that jazz. All right. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. Anything else before we sign off finally? No, sir. I'm all good. All right. For Christian Boer, I'm Mitch Fosberg. Thank you.